Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. Before we start, I want to read an email that we got from a Scotsman in Iceland. He said, hi, folks. I've just found your podcast about a week ago, and I must have gone through about 20 episodes at least. It's such a great podcast and so professional. I love your Canadian accents. That must be you, Corey. Mm-hmm. Also, also, your camaraderie together along with such great interviews has really helped me through quite a difficult few weeks. I really enjoyed the one with the Florida judge, that would be Doug Bench, and his amazing wife. What a story, and also his remorse. It was great to listen to along with a bit of humor on the way. And Doug was a judge who sentenced people to prison for possession of marijuana, and when he contracted COPD. His wife encouraged him to take cannabis. He refused at first, and quite frankly, Corey, she got a bit pissed off with him. Yeah. And he tried it. His uh, COPD was was cured, and now he teaches people about the benefits of cannabis, which is great. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk to a woman who has been battling a rare form of cancer called liposarcoma. It's a malignant tumor that develops in your fatty tissue and can spread to other areas, including vital organs. After a 12-year battle with this disease, she changed her diet and started on cannabis oil and was recently given the all-clear. And joining us from New York to tell her amazing story is Joanna Letterman. Joanna, thanks for doing this. Tell us what your reaction was like when you were given the all-clear. Oh, I've... literally fell to my knees in tears. And then I'm going to start crying now. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) My son, who's been dealing with this this entire time as well, calling him to tell him was the best feeling ever because telling him all the other times that it wasn't great was not fun. And so I'm I'm just so, so grateful. (laughs) Really loving life. (laughs) He must have been in tears when you told him as well. Yeah. I have three kids, but he's been the one that's been around the entire time that I've been going through this. So he's also been going through it. And it's really, he's actually going in to open his own dispensary. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, him and a buddy. So I'll be his testimony. <laughs> How old is he? He'll be 20 in October. Now, you were diagnosed in 2010 originally. Yes. What were some of the symptoms you were experiencing that prompted you to see a doctor? Well, actually, I want to say for the six years prior to me finding out, I was in just my joints hurt all the time. I was always tired. And what got me to the, I actually got the nickname Granny Joe in my early 20s because I was always in bed so early and my bones were always hurting. But tumor had grown so big, I started to look pregnant. I started dieting. I'm like, I don't understand why I'm gaining all this weight. And the, But my belly button started popping out like as though I was pregnant. And I knew I was not. Um, and so there was just one Sunday where I could not picture going through another week of work. My body just hurt me so bad. So I just decided to go to the emergency room and 
they found the tumor size of like a football that they knew shouldn't be there. And so they said, we don't know what it is, but we know it should not be there. And so they did what they called an exploratory surgery and took it out. What's going through your mind when you, when they tell you it shouldn't be there and we don't know what it is. Um, I mean, I was nervous, but I, I, I don't know that I fought cancer necessarily. I'd never had a surgery prior to that. So I was terrified of that. And then when they took it out and they biopsied it and they told me it was cancerous, the doctor said it as though it was nothing. And I started crying. He said, I don't know why you're crying. We've got it out. What? Yeah. So I got, I was like, okay, maybe I'm overreacting. I don't know. But it was a major surgery. I lost function in my right leg because they had to cut the nerves. I had to learn to walk again. So it was a big deal. I mean, the doctors made it seem like it was nothing, but it was big Get deal. over it. Yeah, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Holy, the lack of sensitivity there. Oh yeah. Oh, Wow, that, that's major. So obviously you're shocked when you get that diagnosis. And what are you thinking when he says, that, well, they've gotten it all. Why are you crying? What, did you believe they had gotten it all or... I mean, yeah, at that point, I I did have all my faith in doctors, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I rolled with what they said. And they they actually didn't even tell me they had cut nerves. I had said, you know, my my leg feels funny, like I almost can't feel it. And they then that's when they said, oh, yeah, we had to cut nerves. You let you might not be able to use your leg for a little while. So even that was not even just kind of late. It was like a, oh, yeah, she figured it out kind of thing. Oh, my God. By the way. Yeah. Holy. Well, that yeah. wasn't off to a good start one way and another. Yeah. So, so Joanna, you go through the surgery, mm-hmm. they cut a nerve and you have to, it took you a while to learn to walk again. Mm-hmm. And was cancer on the back of your mind through this period? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, it, it, I didn't, pay it much mind only because I at that point I hadn't had to go through chemo and you know other than physical therapy there was no aftercare so to speak I mean they wanted me to scan every six months but other than that so I figured must be right yeah you know ignorance was just ignorance well you go through this process and six years later in 2016 when you were pregnant Mm -hmm. You you get it again. How many months pregnant were you at the time? Oh, I think I found out when I was about five or six months pregnant. I wanted to deliver at the same hospital I had delivered my son at, but it's a low-risk hospital. And they said they, they won't do that without doing images because of my history. And I hadn't been sc- – I, I did – the six month scans for maybe a year and a half. So I maybe did three. And then I kind of blew it up. You know, young mind just being mm-hmm. ignorant. I don't need them. And then they made me go get the scan. And lo and behold, the cancer had spread. It looked like I was carrying twins. I was so big that the cancer had spread throughout the whole right side of my body. They didn't think I was going to make it through that pregnancy. So we went visiting doctor to doctor to doctor. And it felt like the more I knew, the less I knew because nobody could agree on any, nobody knew what to do. Do we deliver early? Do we not? End of the story came. They, they induced me just a few, I think a week early it was. And, you know, we both came out, baby came out healthy. And then three months after that, after giving birth, they gave me three months to heal and then started me immediately on, I had the port put in in the meantime, and then they started me on the the chemo. God, that's got to be tough on you emotionally to know that you're pregnant, your cancer has returned, and you're 
fearful not only for your own life, but that of your child as well. Yeah, and then I had my son already, you know, who had been through this once with me before. So that was, I've got a couple lives depending on me. Um, yeah. yeah, it was hard. It was definitely hard. Sounds like your son was great support to you. He's just always been my heart. He was the reason I kept pushing to mm-hmm. move forward. You know. So how was that going through chemo and, and trying to look after a baby? And... Oh, it was awful. It was so awful. I felt so sick. I had no help. It was really a test of my strength because any help that I got was only to the time that I was in the chemo chair. And then when I got home, you know, everybody scatters. So, you know, it was eight hour days, three days a week in that chair. I lost all my hair and all that. To, they, it, I mean, it worked enough that they were able to be comfortable to do surgery. So they did this major surgery afterwards. And then that didn't take it all out. And then they, they had me do another chemo where they like kind of hook you up to a fanny pack. And it's a 24-hour cycle hooked up to the port. I did a few rounds of that. And then they, I, they were comfortable enough to say I was fine for you know for a while wow yeah it's safe to say that it was a bit of a mess for you at the time oh yes yes no so this was 2016 and three years later it comes back again mm-hmm. you must have thought there was a pox on you you know my brother put it so such a good image he said it seems like you're always climbing out of a ditch and the second you get to the top there's somebody there to just kick you back down and it's, that's how it felt because Every time I built myself back up to level playing field, this happens again. And now I'm out of work again. And I got to play catch up on bill. And it's just this vicious cycle of not being able to get ahead, let alone maintain. You know, it, it was, yeah, it's been really hard. Did it send you into a state of depression somewhat? Yes. I've, every time I get the news, and this is something a lot of people don't realize that haven't gone through it, it's, every, you know, doing scans every few months, it's like re-triggers this whole trauma, which most of people in my life don't even realize when I'm going for a scan. You know, it's just this, oh, you should just go in for a scan, but it's this whole big thing. So that every time I get this news, yeah, it knocks me back down because I'm like, here we go again. Now I have to figure out how I'm going to pay the bills, who's going to take care of the kids, all these, you know, all life things. But yeah, that the third time they decided they would just do surgery and that should be sufficient. And they did. They send me home, not telling me to watch what I eat. I came home and had a granola bar and was back in the hospital within less than 24 hours and spent two weeks with a tube down my throat because it had caused blockage. Because no one had told me, watch what you eat when you get home. And I didn't know any better. So then I spent another two weeks in the hospital. That was the granola bar that caused that issue? Yeah, I should have been eating soft foods. When they discharged me the second time, they gave me all the information I should have had the first time. So we did that. Yeah, and then last year it came back again. And in last August, I did radiation therapy. They wanted me to start with chemo, and I said, I'm not going to do any more chemo. I've done it, and I hate it. And I, the only thing I hadn't tried at that point was radiation. And so between my oncologist and my surgeon, they agreed, give radiation a shot. We'll see what happens with that. I had three different spots. I didn't metastasize. So I did the radiation. It worked somewhat on the two spots that weren't as problematic. I have I had a spot that was wrapped around the artery in my leg, which was the problem spot that they weren't comfortable to operate on because it would have been vascular reconstructive surgery. So I went along with the radiation, was 
hell. It threw me into early menopause, which I ended up not being able to sleep. The hot flashes had me feeling like I was going to pass out and I have to work through this. So this is when I swore to myself, I, I'll be at peace with going through from the cancer, but I will not take any more of these treatments because every time I do, I lose a piece of myself and it takes forever to build back up. And I was feeling great until you know, they scan me and they tell me these things, but I wouldn't have known any better. I was feeling, you know, I take pretty decent care of myself. I work out on a regular basis. I eat relatively healthy. And so I, I fell into depression. I was almost suicidal. And if I hadn't had the kids, I probably, I would have been done. But as always, they're my motivation. And I, and being that I couldn't sleep and I picked myself back up, you know, and I said, Either I can roll over and let this take me or I can try and figure something out. And I spent the nights that I couldn't sleep, about three and a half, four months of nonstop not sleeping, of researching, 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 researching. And, you know, the, it's the way life or God works that one thing leads you to another, to another. And I've always been a lover of cannabis recreationally. But then to find out that you can really use it as a medicine, I dove into changing my diet. And again, I scanned three months after that radiation finished and that one problem spot was keep growing. Another three months later, the spot is keep growing. I was never a thought to go back to what they were going to do. I said, I just have to push harder in what I'm doing now. And I got stricter with my diet and I got stricter with the oil. And I said, you know what, I'm going to jump on, order as much as I can afford and take as much as I can. And, you know, with work, being able to do all these things. And this is nine months later of sticking to the diet and the cannabis oil, and I'm clear. And wow, I don't see ever returning, <laughs> you know. You're on a maintenance dose, right? Yes, I will never stop taking it. Oh. Can I ask you, is, is it a multi-strain oil that you took? And how often did you take it? And how much did you take? And how did you so when I first started, I was taking the rice grain amount closer to bedtime to see how it would make me feel. And then I did try to start taking one little rice grain size amount in the morning and then again in the evening. However, when I took it in the morning, I still had to go to work. And although I could work through it, it just made me look really stoned. So when I heard about the suppositories, I tried that a few times, but that just stimulated me going to the bathroom somehow. So I felt like it just, I put it in, it came right back out kind of thing. So I just took in as much in at night as I could. And then again, I like when I built up a little bit of a tolerance, I would take that little bit in the morning and, you know, weekends I'd just dedicate to taking as much oil as I could. Mm -hmm. So just really the more I learned was just get in as much as you can, as often as you can. I think I had made it towards the end to a gram a day, but it took a while while yeah I wasn't like measuring it carefully it was kind of I heated it up in the little syringe and just dropped it into my mouth and hope for the best there we go down the hatch <laughs> yeah so can you know often the type of things that listeners want to know is what kind of diet did you do and if you took supplements what exactly did you take I switched to whole food plant-based diet which I in talking to a lot of people they confuse that with vegan. I mean, it falls under a vegan lifestyle, but it, vegans can eat completely processed things as long as they're not animal products. So I don't do anything processed. Whole grains, nuts, seeds, fruits, and vegetables right. is really my diet. I drink a lot of lemon water. I try to Epsom salt bath once a week. I, I've been taking a superfood powder, green superfood powder that has a bunch of things I was researching when I was going, oh, this is amazing. In changing my diet and doing the, the oil, the, I'm back on a regular period. I'm not in menopause anymore. So somehow that's reversed as well, which is oh, incredible. 
I'm they sleep again and I'm regular again. <laughs> what so more can you ask for? You can right? maybe, maybe you can run straight for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, no, don't wish that on me. But. <laughs> yeah. Did you lose weight during this period? I have. I have. I have nothing drastic. I've never been overweight, but during that menopause type time, I had gained 20 pounds within about a month, which was insane. Um, I was like, I can't afford to buy new clothes. I I can't continue at this rate, but I've lost it all back and then some now. You look good. Yeah, you, you look great. Thank you. I feel great. Yeah. You know, in the interviews we've done with people who are extremely successful, Mm -hmm. those who have changed their diet were the most successful. Yeah. Right, Corey? Yes. Yeah. Dietary change. You got to stop drinking the the colas, the sodas. Yeah, sugar. I mean, uh, sugar's awful. Yeah. Corey has a great line. It's, what did you say, Corey? Sugar's miracle grow for cancer? Yeah, every time you ingest sugar, it's akin to pouring miracle grow on your cancer cells. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think you, we can see you in the video now. You look great. You look healthy. And so t- tell us the day that you went in and you got the all clear. Tell us about that. Well, it was actually over telehealth. And my oncologist had kind of rid me off because I, they had wanted me after the radiation to do a clinical trial and then more chemo, which I refused, but I didn't refuse just point blank. I kind of played the game because I've heard you can get blacklisted and all these things. So I played the game. Oh, well, I need my T cells because of the COVID stuff going on and da, 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 whatever. And I bought myself some time. And then she decided after the third time of talking to me and I'm still refusing this clinical trial and the chemo that she's, I'll just pass you to your surgeon. So I said, I think that's a great idea. And he, he got on the phone and says, oh, so how is your, how's your abdomen? Are you able to eat properly? And, you know, are you able to do the things you normally do? And I said, doc, it, you're making it sound like I had surgery. Do you have the right chart? Um, and I told him my name again. He said, oh, yeah, just give me a minute. And he took about five minutes on the phone and then came back and said, oh, yeah, I've looked through your chart. I see you did radiation therapy last August. So this is post-radiation effects, but there's no evidence of disease anymore. I had my mother actually with me and I'm side elbowing her and this really worked. And of course they're attributing it to the radiation. But I mean, I had done two scans after the radiation when this thing was still growing. So they just <laughs> they won't admit it. I haven't told them what I did because I know they don't care to know, but it's just, it was just such a good feeling to know that it really worked. I had it in my head the entire time though that it was going to work. It wasn't an option to leave my kids behind. Nobody wants to take care of them. <laughs> you know, I, it was just, this is going to heal me. And I did do something that I would suggest other people do is anyone that is doubting what you're doing or has anything even slightly negative to say about any holistic approach. I eliminated them out of my life. I said, I'll talk to you when I'm healed, but it's hard enough to try and convince myself every day that this is going to work. I, so I, I banned a lot of people. I stopped talking to a lot of people. Anyone who wanted to support me was fine. But if not, I'll catch you when I'm better. You know, yeah, you just didn't need that negativity. No. And it was yeah. every day. It was like, oh, I'm healing. I'm going to heal. It's just a matter of when. And I feel so great to be on your podcast because I listened to it religiously. I've listened to every single episode. 
So it gave me so much hope. And I just remember listening, thinking, I can't wait for the day that I can call in and say I'm in remission. And I'm like, I call my, a bunch of my friends saying, like, today's my day, you know? Oh, that's amazing. Well, it's really incredible what you've what you've overcome. And yeah. you've been through so much, too. I mean, I know, Ian, we've found with cancer patients, a lot of them have PTSD from everything they've been through. I believe it. I can't take the smell of uh, rubbing alcohol from all the times they clean the port. It tr- it just triggers something in me that it's like I, I just want to run, you know. So I I believe it. So your oncologist has no idea of what you took. No, she won't even talk to me anymore. She's not worth any money to her anymore. Well, that's what it is. And it, you know, this is interesting too. I so I'm in the all clear, and they have me scheduled. I looked on my portal for a not only the CT scan with contrast that I normally get every three months, but now an MRI with contrast as well on top of that. Now that I'm clear of disease, they want to do all these extra scans. I guess this is the only way to make money, or they're just completely dumb. Or we got to find some more somewhere. By God, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not well, going to do it. I'm not going to do them, but. Joanna, how has what you've gone through over the last 12 years, which has just been absolutely incredible. I mean, if you were here, Corey and I would give you a big hug because (laughs) the challenges you've faced as a mother and the personal challenges you've faced are, are, for most people, just insurmountable. Most people would just give in, give up, and not fight like you did. And I think... What it really says is that the mind can really take you through a lot of adverse situations. I agree. agree. And what you've done is just great. Has this changed your attitude towards life? Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. I'm really just focused on the positive. I'm that annoying, happy person now. I'm just walking around constantly (laughs) smiling because it's, it's just such a relief. This burden that I didn't even realize affected me so much as it did. I can breathe again. Like I can make plans for the future. It's a whole new freedom is what it feels like. I know for myself, it was surreal at first. It like, it took me about three weeks for it to finally sink in. Cause I'd wake up every morning and I'd be happy for a split second. And then I'd remember and go, oh, yeah. And it was like this black cloud that followed you around everywhere as much as you tried to shake it off. You know, you don't realize the heaviness and stuff. And I I totally get how you feel right now with where you just feel this huge weight is lifted. If you haven't been through it, I don't think you can really adequately describe what it feels like. It's just an incredible feeling. There's nothing Mm -hmm. that compares to it, you know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think the the little stuff that people complain about to you, Joanna, that must just be trivial nonsense. I've been wrapped up in all the petty stuff before, but it just feels good. Yeah. You do your thing and I'll do mine, but I'm just living my life, you know, and now I can just look at my kids differently. You know, it's not this. I look at them wondering, will I see their next birthday? And of course, tomorrow's not promised for anyone, but it's just a little more concrete now that, you know, mom's not going anywhere. And it's been really nice showing them through diet and this oil, like how amazing the things God has given us just to use. We don't need all this medical stuff. We've got what we need right in the kitchen, basically. This is another thing as far as your attitude. When I had to relearn to cook, you know, I cooked, I thought healthy enough, but 
relearning, I turned it in my head into an adventure instead of a chore. Like this is going to be a whole new cooking adventure. And I put that in my head and I, so I, I flopped at a bunch of stuff, but I've now come up with a menu and I, and I'm fine. I don't feel like I'm missing anything anymore, you know? So it's where there's a will, there's a way when the drive is strong enough. And I guess your faith is strong enough. There's, it's just remarkable what can be done when I, I hate to know that anyone would give up hope because it's, it's definitely what the doctors push for. I feel like. So Joanna, how did other members of, of friends and, and family feel about you taking cannabis initially? Initially, there was a lot of push to do the clinical trial. You know, just try it, just see how it goes. As I, I'm not up for it. My family's always been love, lovers of cannabis, so there's no stigma or judgment in that way. But as far as using it as a medicine, and I get it, it's that the, the nerves of this is just what we've been conditioned to believe is the right way. And so to go outside of that, it makes very, people very uncomfortable. But I told my family, I said, you know, I've tried everything. You can't sit here and say I haven't tried all the rest of the stuff. But I'm done trying the rest of the stuff because I get knocked down. Everybody keeps living. And here I am trying to keep my head above water again, all over. And so it's been really nice to solidify that I'm not completely crazy and that this stuff actually works, you know. And so my my father's actually, he doesn't have cancer or anything, but he's, he's had high blood pressure. He's jumped on board on my diet and he's he doesn't take the oil as much, but he does the gummies and stuff like that. But it's, it's nice, that, nice that it worked out. Get him on the oil. I'm trying. I'm try- Everyone I talk to, <laughs> take it. Whether you got something or not, just take it. <laughs> You've become a cannabis evangelist. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't <laughs> wait for my son to open his shop, and I'll be their one, number one promoter. <laughs> when you were going through your issues over, and you discovered our podcast, were some of the success stories of people that we've interviewed an inspiration to you? Oh, every one of them, even if it wasn't cancer related. It was the little piece that would kind of drill into my head. Yeah, this will work. I couldn't afford like a holistic doctor or anything. So I did all my stuff on my own. But like where you'd call your doctor or somebody that, you know, this, yeah, you're doing the right thing. You know, that's what the podcast was. It's like, yeah, this is exactly what I need to be doing. Look, all these people have healed. It's, it's gonna work, you know? So it was, it just, yeah, it gave me all that extra hope that I needed. It was like having a friend. My friends were the people on the podcast that, and you two that were just re- solidifying over and over again. Yeah, this really does work. Yeah, that's an interesting comment, Corey, because I think that the people we've interviewed have really become friends of ours and we've become friends of theirs yeah. because of the, the success they've had. I mean, it truly, it truly is an inspiration to find people who were in a very dire circumstance and their life was on the line and they've taken cannabis, they're clear and they're happy, they're healthy, they've changed their diet. I mean, that is what keeps us going. I mean, Corey and I started this in 2016 and then we did a podcast every day, every weekday for 11 months and then quit doing it for two years and then decided, you know, let's come back and do it because it's such an inspiration to both of us, I think. Don't you think, Corey? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And when you talk to somebody like Joanna here and look at her, I mean, I wish listeners could see how healthy she looks. She's positively glowing. She looks amazing. I'm very, very happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Joanna, you look great. Is there anything you'd like to 
tell listeners, advise people about what you went through or what what they can do to help themselves? Yeah, I'd say I have like four main bullet points. One is the positive mentality. Believe you're going to beat it. You'll beat it. Just Just tell yourself that every single day I'm going to beat this. Eliminate the negativity from anyone else. And it's okay to be selfish in that time. And then I exercise five days a week. After the radiation, I started at five minutes and I've back up to 45 minutes of high intensity at this point. I built up. I didn't make it torturous, but it's something that I think is important, you know, moving the body around however you want to do that. And of course, the diet, just make it an adventure. Don't make it a chore. I think the thing that that's people should do is make it something that you can maintain because it's not a quote unquote diet. It becomes your lifestyle. So you have to make it something that you'd be willing to do for the rest of your life because if it works, you don't want to go back. I mean, I know I don't. So if you kind of frame it in your mind is this is a fun, fun healing adventure and I can't wait to the day that I have right now when I can just rejoice in all this happiness and give back, share it with others. But yeah, just don't let the doctors beat you down. That's Unfortunately, that's been my experience with them is you go to the doctor and lose hope. And then you find your holistic healing family and you got all the hope you need. So just link up with the right people. (laughs) Yeah, very well said. Fantastic. Joanna, you look great. We're so happy that you have the all clear and you'll live a long and healthy life. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was really, really an honor to be on here. It's an honor to have you, Joanna. And uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on. (laughs) My pleasure. And we thank Joanna for her remarkable story. And if you'd like to support us at Cannabis Health Radio, there are two ways you can do it. You can become a monthly supporter on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you can also make a one-time donation to Cannabis Health Radio. And you can do that by going to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. We thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network. Network.